0: This is Parables of the Divorce CEO, where men have real and raw conversations about the pain, suffering, and loneliness of divorce. Welcome to this week's episode of Parables of Divorce CEO. I'm your host, Peter Avalon Northstar, the founder and creator of the Divorce CEO and the CEO on Fire Coaching Program. And on this week's episode, Enmeshment, Sex, and Boundaries. Welcome to another week, another episode. Today's episode is going to be a little bit more loaded. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Today's topic is enmeshment, sex, and boundaries. Now, you might ask, Peter, what does this have to do with divorce and you telling your story? Well, first of all, I have, you know, been working on my own enmeshment, mother enmeshment, for the last... uh, three years as part of my divorce as well. This has been four years now since I got divorced. And a lot of the men that I work with in my divorce coaching practice also struggle with enmeshment. You see, it's very common that men who get divorced or are going through a divorce also have the troubles and the challenges of enmeshment because enmeshment unfortunately is is a lot more widespread than what we actually talk about in society in general um you'll see a lot of the terminology that might be different you know like the the man that doesn't want to grow up or the the man that acts like a child or the Peter Pan syndrome or the last one or latest one I just heard, which is the the runaway husband, right? There's all these terminologies that are being used for essentially the same thing, which is just mother enmeshment or some type or form of enmeshment and codependency. And so it is a lot more well um, known Or I would say it's a lot more widespread in society than we give it credit for. So I find that it's important and I feel it's important that we have these conversations about investment because you, as the listener, might actually either struggle with this or know somebody who's struggling with this. And it can be of great benefit to you and whomever struggles and listens to this. And so let's dive into the first area. Right? We've talked about the enmeshment, so let's talk about boundaries. I'm going to wait with the sex part. I know, I know, you, you want to get to the spicy part of it. But we've got to understand the boundary part first. So the challenge for enmeshed men is that the boundary component, it actually is non-existent. Meaning that we do not know how to set clear and concise boundaries. And the reason that is, is because when we grow up with our, you know, in this case, mother... Um, what happens is that our own self, our own self-image, our own needs and wants, they are basically, they, they get shifted or you could say that they're taken out and replaced with our mother's needs and wants. And we then basically just live to be of service to her and making sure that she's happy and she's not sad or breaking down or whatever it might be. Like every situation is slightly different, but there are very, very common traits for all enmeshed men. The loyalty towards your mother is number one. And this is one of the areas that then cascades over to the sex area, right? Because when we don't have clear, concise boundaries with our mother, meaning that, you know, the mother will share things with us that, you know, a parent shouldn't share with their children. That could be sexual and intimacy details in terms of her own sex life or her own preferences. Or it could be her asking the child, you know, as he grows up, more in-depth questions of what he likes in terms of sexual pleasure, right? So there's this fine line that is cut and that enmeshed men don't have. We don't have this boundary setting. We, We don't fully understand when people talk about boundaries and like, You know, when they, let's say, a friend is at our house and our mother is asking really, like, intimate details. And our friend is like, what the hell is this? You know, like, why is your mother asking these weird questions? And so, the, the overstepping of boundaries is something that is extremely common for enmeshed men. And therefore, we don't, first of all, we don't understand our own boundaries. So, we don't know how to set boundaries. We don't know, quote, unquote, what's normal. And because of that, we also overstep, <coughs> excuse me, other people's boundaries a lot, mostly women. And the way that that often occurs is that we pretend, even that we know, but we pretend to be innocent. And then we ask questions, like probing questions or open questions to these women that will give us something in return, right? So, for instance, we will use. Um, Flatter, right, so we could flatter the woman Oh, you know, you look great in that outfit, you're really beautiful, you know, you're a goddess, whatever it might be And the reason we do that is is because that's what we have done towards our mother And she might have done towards us to make us feel like a prince And now we know this type of language, this type of lingo So that we can get something in return, right so we don't understand the boundaries we're overstepping a lot of times when we when we say these things, and so we get in situations that are pretty awkward often, or we get in situations where we create more drama than we should. So that could be you know, in a marriage. Where you are flirting with your secretary, and you believe that it's innocent, but essentially you're getting something in return, right? You're you're feeding off her energy because you're complimenting her and telling her how beautiful she is or how amazing she is, and oh, I don't understand why you're not married, and all of these like the list is long, and because we do that, she gives us something in return, some positive energy, some positive feedback, and so we create this like fantasy life. Like most enmeshed men live in some some shape or fantasy where, you know, the fantasy is the other women, which is essentially a proxy for a mother, right? Because we can only be loyal to one woman, which is and always will be our mother. And so when we are in a relationship, we find ways to sabotage the relationship by overstepping the boundaries, right? Because we have to be loyal to mother. The more we always step the boundaries, the worse our relationship becomes because our wife or girlfriend, you know, she confronts us with the things that we say or do or don't do. And then at the end of it, they leave us and then mother will be right and she we will go back to mother and we could all have the peace again, right? So we are masters at destroying our own happiness. We are masters at destroying relationships that could have worked and yet we find a million excuses of why they don't. But if you look at, a, at an enmeshed man's actions, and also his words, but a lot of his action is geared towards attention and validation from other women. Right? This is why you have all these nice guys in society that, you know, they pretend, because nice guys are not really nice guys. That's just a facade. Because all nice guy is is an enmeshed man that wants sex. The way that he gets it is just by nice gestures, nice behavior, showing up, maybe being good at speaking the female emotional language. And because of that, he gets in. He gets into her inner circle, so to speak. And from there, he can woo her or try to seduce her. Now, that doesn't always happen. Right, like it doesn't happen because the challenge for a lot of nice guys is that the women are not as attracted to them as they were hoping, so it causes a lot of other issues. But that's a completely different conversation. But there is this strategy, even though that most enmeshed men don't want to admit it, right? There is a strategy component associated with getting this validation and attention from these women, and so it's often an enmeshed man is the best friend with tons of girls right if i look at my own life growing up all of my best friends so to speak right i called the best friends were all women i had very few i had maybe three to four male friends and that's very typical and very common for an Amish man again because what are we seeking we're not seeking the masculine we're seeking the feminine constantly we elevate the female above god above all else because that is what we have done with mother. We have exalted her. Right? The way that she talks to us, the way she behaves towards us, she makes us feel special. And this is why enmeshment is so dangerous. It is dangerous because the reality of it is that you have a parent that have or has a, not just a codependent relationship with their child, but they're essentially creating the same type of love bond that a mother would have had with a father or a husband. And that becomes extremely negative. Right? Imagine that for a moment, that you know, you have a mother that loves you the same and acts towards you the same way as she would to her husband or a boyfriend. Right? Like that's that's the image I want you to keep. Because the boundaries that she steps over are constantly the same, you know, she would have with in a, in a love relationship or a romantic relationship. And so for a young man growing up, it is very, very confusing to be in this environment because it's, you know, you see her as your mother, but at the same time you want to save her because you can see that when she feels sad, when she... You know, is crying or whatever The way that she plays you and your emotions Based on guilt and shame You are basically pulled in, right? Now, mind you This is very subtle, right? Like, I'm sure there might be some mothers that do this intentionally Uh, But most mothers, they actually don't do this intentionally in that way they just feel sad and they long for companionship but instead of getting an adult companion they often at times use their sons and this is why it's so important that if we are ever to help support enmeshed men and help you know guide this process in a more positive direction where we don't have so much and so many enmeshed men we got to make sure that the mothers, the adult, understand that what they're really needing and seeking is not the validation of a child, but a validation of another adult. Because that's very important. Because the way the mother treats her son is just like an adult. But he's not an adult. He is a child. He has a child's emotions. He has a child's mind. And that's where the the tentacles start, right? So, as a young boy, as you're growing up, and you are starting to, you know, if I sidestep, it, this is where, you know, I believe that maybe Freud he had his ideas of this, uh, what is it called, name, Oedipus complex, right? Like this notion of the boy being in love with his mother. I don't, I don't think a boy necessarily does that by, 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 um nature or autopilot. I actually think that is the mechanics of how enmeshment gets him wrapped into this love affair with his mother, because that is essentially what it is. I know that sounds not the super positive, but it is essentially what it is. It is a love affair with his mother, because the boundaries that are often s- stepped over is what when we then cross over to the sex part, right? I promised this was about enmeshment, boundaries, and sex. So the sexual element for a young man as he grows up with a mother that idolizes him and makes him feel special is that there is a conflict inside of him, right? Like there's the conflict between, you know, um, being her son and then at the same time this hypersexualization that happens. And I know it sounds very weird. It sounds extremely weird but this is where the bond is actually created is this notion of and this loyalty bind is, is is basically created is out of this um you know loyalty to mother's needs and wants and that also includes making sure that she she is you know I wouldn't call it sexually satisfied because that's not the right word and I would be wrong to say, it. but there is an overstepping of sexual boundaries a lot, right? So it's it's not uncommon from the men that I've worked with and even in the circles of enmeshed men and in my own therapy groups and stuff like this, that that the boundary that is stepped over is something along the lines of... You know, the, the son sleeping in the bed with his mother until he's very old. Sometimes even 15 years old. But it's not so much the fact that they're sleeping together. It's more what happens in the actual bed. It's where he becomes his mother's confidants. Instead of just being a boy that is, you know, trying to sleep. They now talk about problems. She now conf- conf- uh, confides in him. She shares her problems. And often she shares her sexual problems. If she's in a marriage, she'll share her sexual problems with his father. And this is where the, 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 the biggest mindfuck happens for a lot of enmeshed men. Because now this boy is like in between the mother and the father. And he has to choose a side. Well, he doesn't have to. But most of the time the boy chooses his mother's side. And because of that, what happens is that all of us. Enmeshed men, I would say. The way that we see our fathers is based on the image that our mother gives us. We actually never see him from our own two eyes. We see him through our mother's lens. But this, this notion of sexual guilt, sexual, um, sexual overstepping of boundaries... For enmeshed men, is very very common, but it's not something that we talk about because it is, you know, it's a taboo subject. It's a very taboo subject, but there is most of the time an overstepping of of some form of intimacy. It was probably better to call it intimacy than the sexual boundaries. But you know, when you grow up as a as as a teenager, it could also be that you know you've found a porn magazine or whatever, and your mother. Is asking you very intimate questions about this that makes you feel a little weird, but at the same time you, you know, you look at the women and you're also turned on and you like the, there's this weird weird vibe that happens and, and these weird relationships and connections in your brain that happens. It's very strange. Again, because we don't there isn't that the boundary setting. You know, a child cannot set that boundary because the child doesn't understand. And in this, in this moment and in this, you know, setting, it is actually unfair for the child, right? Like the, the adult in this, in this position is basically abusing the child emotionally and overstepping boundaries that shouldn't have been overstepped. And this is why a lot of enmeshed men, when they then get into relationships, they struggle in their sexual and intimate relationships because they feel so much guilt and shame. They want to have sex, but yet they're, they are torn between this, you know, like, oh, it, you know, mother told me it wasn't good, but at the same time I feel good about it. It's like, so there's so much guilt and shame around sex in itself. But then the other side of that equation is that because of this enmeshment, there's these sex addictions that start occurring. Right, For some it's porn addiction, for some it's prostitutes, for some it's escorts, for some it's cheating. Like there is 9 out of 10 times always a sex addiction. And I don't know if I, I would necessarily call it sex addiction, but that's, that's what Dr. Ken Adams calls it. Sex addiction related to the enmeshment. So the way that you have to treat enmeshment is also... Uh, like you have to treat the sex addiction and the enmeshment at the same time. You cannot, you know, separate them because they're one and the same. And a lot of times, the sex addiction is a way of normalizing or getting control in your life as an enmeshed man because it one it makes you feel good, but it also is the only error that you feel that you might have. Freedom from your mother because she is basically controlling every single area of your life. Right? So you'll see enmeshed men, they make decisions not based on what they actually want in their life. And this is what I was referring to in the last episode with needs and wants is that we live through our mother's needs and wants. And so you'll see these enmeshed men pick careers that are based on what their mothers actually tell them to be. Right, instead of you being a free creative book writer or something that you might really burn or long for, you become you know a financial planner or work in a bank or whatever it might be because that's what your mother told you that she wanted for you so. By now, you might start to understand the severity and the complications of enmeshment and how complicated it actually is to work with because there's so many areas right like the sexual area in itself, I could do a whole podcast on the sex addiction and the you know the overstepping of boundaries by the mother and what she you know what she could say and what she could do or like I have so many stories I could share on that alone and then all the notion of these loyalty binds that he has to her and this notion that you know he can only be loyal to her and instead of you know when he's married for instance instead of him being loyal to his wife and his family what often happens is that he basically throws his wife under the bus. He yells at his wife. He's very aggressive and hostile towards his wife. And yet towards his mother, he's loving and compassionate and he takes care of her. He might even pay for her, you know, for her apartment, whatever it is, for her groceries. And yet he's always angry towards his wife, right? And that's, that's a common indicator of the loyalty bind in action. That he can only be Loyalty to his mother. And the irony of all of this is that it's mostly the wives that actually sniff out the enmeshment first. They might not know that it's enmeshment or it's, you know, they just know he has an unhealthy relationship with his mother, right? It's not a normal relationship. They are together too much. She calls him every day. Like there's, there's questions she's asking that she shouldn't be asking about their finances and all of this. Or the way she wants to raise her grandkids, right? It's like, the mother basically pushes the wife out on the sideline and the husband basically accepts that because he doesn't want to be disloyal to his mother so he just goes along with it. This is the biggest challenge working with enmeshed men is their fear of making mommy upset. Now that sounds like the most basic thing for somebody who is not enmeshed. You know, who cares if I make mommy upset? Who cares? I have my own life. I'm an adult. But for an enmeshed man, it is literally the kryptonite. Because we are filled with shame and guilt and conflicting emotions and rage and anger. And, you know, like it's basically like you're trying to strangle us or put us in a cage and we'll fight with our claws to get out. And so working with enmeshment is like recovery, right? It's called recover, enmeshment recovery therapy because it is a process. It's not, like, it's not something you just fix overnight. And this is why so many men that, that are enmeshed, they quit because they're like, oh, I can't say these things to my mother. I can't set boundaries towards my mother. You know, like. And so they do it for a little bit and they have a great conversation and mother's understanding because then she pulls him back into her web and then he's like, oh no, I'm good, I'm good. We figured it out, we sorted it out. But he actually never set boundaries. He never really said what he needed to say. And so what often occurs and what happens is then what I see, which is what I coach on, right? Divorce coaching. Where the man, the husband, comes to me after his wife leaves. Or he leaves. Because he's cheated on her, right? Or, or she leaves because he cheated on her. It like, doesn't really matter. But then he comes to me and then he's like, well, it was my wife's fault. She didn't give me sex. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. Like, so there's all this blame that starts happening. And so the first thing that I do is the hardest thing an enmeshed man has to face, which is essentially I put up a mirror and I literally show him that everything that he is projecting towards his wife has nothing to do with his wife and everything to do with him, right? If he cheated on her, for instance, let's say, I ask him a very simple question, which is one of the questions a lot of enmeshed men, they get very triggered when you ask: is, why did you cheat? Like, do you even know why you cheated on her? Most men don't know. And then the explanation that comes afterwards... Hold on. This is the best part. is actually a justification of why they did it. There is zero responsibility taken on this area. It is literally, I did this because XYZ. They're justifying their shitty behavior... Because that's what an enmeshed man do. Because we know that if we take responsibility, we would have to confront our mother, right? We would have to set that boundary. Now, these men, as I work with them, they, they're they not aware of this in this moment. But as we you know go down that path, I make them more aware of this. Now, I'm not an enmesh man therapist, so I can't do that type of work with them. But I can make them aware of it and I can... You know, guide them to work with people like Dr. Ken Adams, who is an expert at investment therapy. Right? Like he's one of the, I would say, one of the greatest um, therapists I've ever worked with in terms of these things. But it's so common in everything that I see now, when it comes to men, and when it comes to men's relationship with their wives, or their ex-wives, or even their children, that I see that there is enmeshment involved. It is a lot more common in our society today. I'm unsure why. I think one of the areas is that we've had the Industrial Revolution. We've had men leave the homes and not be strong father um, roles for their children, not showing these young men or young boys how to be men. And so the women had to do this on their own. And because they were often alone, they then projected this longing onto their sons, right? And so we have this perpetual issue. Um, I I can't say I see it mostly with single parents because, you know, a woman can be married and the father can still not be present. That's also very common. So I wouldn't say it's like, you can see it just in one specific thing, at least not yet. Um, but I will say that it is becoming more and more common with the men that I work with. Right? The more I become more aware of this, the signs of it, the more I'm realizing the challenges that arises. And a lot of these men that I work with in divorce coaching struggle with enmeshment. And the symptom, right? I'll end with this. The, the symptom of enmeshment and then not working with it or going into therapy and work with it, the result of that becomes the divorce. Right? So, so a man can go into the marriage with the best of intentions, but because of the way he's wired this, I call a the faulty operating system that we have uh, taken in, our software system, right? we got to change our software system to be free of the enmeshment. Because he has this faulty software system in him, all of the actions he's taking right leads him down the path of divorce. Now that's not to say that by any, you know, stretch of the imagination or by any uh, means that I condone his actions, because most enmeshed men are very aware of what they do. Right Like they will justify their shitty actions, their cheating, their, their their constant sexual addictions, so that they can continue to do that instead of actually working on it taking responsibility, and that's the weakest part of these investment, like not owning what you've done. And the ultimate cost of this, right, the ultimate cost of this. Is families. It is deep, profound, you know, connection between a man and a woman and the cost of the children, right? The price, who, who really pays the biggest and heaviest price is often the children because the, the men, they don't know how to be in relationships. And so after the divorce, the women take the children and then, You know, maybe the cycle continues in a different way, or even the same way, right? That's why it's so important to work on this. Enmeshment won't just go away. We have to to put time and effort into healing ourselves. So I'll leave you with that. I'll leave you with the, the notion that it's a complex issue. But I hope that these you know, past week's episodes have opened up a new way of thinking about enmeshment. If you're an enmeshed man, if you're a woman listening to this and you're married to somebody who is enmeshed, I would highly encourage you to go to Dr. Ken Adams' website and look at... There is a whole uh, part of that uh, website that talks about the symptoms of somebody who lives with a man who is enmeshed. And then ask for help. Because you cannot help him. A man who is enmeshed needs professional help. Period. And that takes a lot for me even to say that. But it, I had to get help too. After my divorce, I realized that I had a fucking problem. I had a massive problem. Like I was addicted to porn... I was addicted to women's attention and it was just not healthy. So I had to to put a lot of time and effort into actually healing myself. And healing this bond, this like loyalty bond, like cut it to my mother so that I could have my own life, so that I could be an individual without her like an energetically pressing into my life and hovering over me, but where I had, you know, sovereignty of my own life and I can basically make decisions on my own and not based on her. So I hope that helps. If you have any questions, always, you know, I'm here. You can send me an email, go to my website. Contact information is on the website. I hope that these episodes have served you. I hope that you're taking something away from this that will help you in your own life, in your relationships, in your friendships, and, you know, in your business. That's all I got for you today. Love and light your way. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Parables of the Divorce CEO. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and please share it with someone who may find the content valuable. Join my coaching program at the slash coaching.